Fairy Dust by Gwyneth Rees Read by Sophie Ward Chapter One Rosie MacLeod ran down the lane to Thistle Cottage while her mother, Maggie, went to collect the key from Miss McPhee, the old lady who lived next door. Over the hedge she could see across the fields to Loch Shee. It was a beautiful day and the loch was a clear blue colour. The front door of Thistle Cottage was painted light blue, and there was a massive knocker on it in the shape of a pixie's head. Rosie peered in at the window. Something was moving on top of the big oak table in the kitchen. What was it? She pressed her nose against the glass in order to see more closely. Just then her mother's car rolled in down the driveway. Miss McPhee says to watch out for the fairies, her mother laughed as she climbed out of the car. I'd forgotten how some of the old island people believed in them. You'll fit in very well here, Rosie. Rosie had seen fairies once when she was sick in bed with chickenpox. Her mother had said that her mind was playing tricks because she had a fever, and no matter how hard she tried, Rosie hadn't been able to convince her mother that the fairies were real. Come on, let's go inside, Mum said, slipping the key into the lock and turning it. Miss McPhee said she had a cleaner in yesterday, so it should be spick and span. I thought I saw something moving around in the kitchen just now, Rosie said. Yikes, I hope we haven't got mice, her mum grimaced. If we have, we'll need to borrow Miss McPhee's cat. She's got an enormous ginger tom called Angus, and she says the fairies are always pestering him and pulling his tail. Really, Rosie, I think Miss McPhee is a little, you know... She made a circle with one finger at the side of her head to indicate crazy. Rosie sighed. Just because her mother had never seen a fairy, she didn't believe that anyone had. After they had unloaded the car, her mum went upstairs to put the sheets on their beds while Rosie made sandwiches for supper. That cleaner didn't do a very good job, she thought. There were crumbs and little blobs of red jam all over the table, which was strange, since Miss McPhee had said that nobody had rented out this cottage since last summer. In a way, Rosie felt like they were just renting out this cottage for the summer too. She had to keep reminding herself that they were here to stay. Rosie couldn't believe that her mum and dad had split up. And now dad was all alone in London while Rosie and her mother had moved up here to the Isle of Skye in Scotland. It seemed like she would hardly ever see Dad from now on. When Rosie had said that to her mum before they'd come here, her mother had said that they never saw him anyway because he spent all his time at work. Rosie hadn't said anything else, because her mother had looked as though she was about to start crying. Her mum cried a lot lately. Rosie's mother was Scottish, and Rosie knew that she had only moved down to England in the first place because Rosie's dad, James, worked as a lawyer in London. He worked very hard, and he often didn't have time to do things with Rosie and her mum. That was one of the things her parents had argued about a lot. After tea, Rosie stood her photograph of her father on the little dressing table in her room. Then she went down to the hall to fetch the rest of her things. She had surprised her mother by insisting they bring her old wooden doll's cot with them. She hardly ever played with her dolls anymore, but the cot was special because her dad had built it for her when she was very little, and her mum had made the covers for it. Rosie didn't care if the yellow paint was flaking off in places, and one of the covers was ripped. 
she still hadn't wanted to leave it behind. Rosie put the cot down underneath the window and sat down on her bed. She suddenly felt very tired. Maybe she would wait until tomorrow to put everything away. I'm sure you'll like it here, darling, Mum said when Rosie went into her bedroom to say goodnight. Rosie didn't reply. She was watching her mother hang up her clothes in the small, old-fashioned wardrobe. It made her think about the modern, mirror-fronted wardrobe in her parents' bedroom at home, and how her dad had always complained about how much space her mother's clothes took up compared to his. Dad will have too much room for all his stuff now, she said. Her mum nodded. I expect he'll be pleased about that. Rosie didn't say anything, but she didn't think he would. What will we do tomorrow? She asked her mother because, for some reason, the idea of tomorrow scared her a bit now that they were so far away from everything and everyone she was used to. Her mother gave her shoulders a squeeze. We'll go exploring, she said. It'll be fun. Rosie went to bed feeling a bit happier, and it didn't take her long to fall asleep. The room was lit by moonlight when Rosie woke up again a few hours later. She was very sleepy and she thought at first that she must be dreaming. It was a wonderful dream. There, flying above her bed, was a tiny fairy girl. The fairy was keeping a safe distance away from her, but was peering at her curiously just the same. And Rosie suddenly felt wide awake. She lay very still, holding her breath. She knew how easy it was to frighten fairies away if you let them know you had seen them. This fairy had piercing blue eyes and gold hair caught up in a big bushy ponytail on top of her head. She wore a little silk bodice and a skirt made out of white flower petals. Her wings, fragile as insect wings, fluttered behind her. Just then, a cross little Scottish voice sounded from the corner of the room. Oh, it's just plain mean of Flora to rent out my cottage. Rosie saw that the voice belonged to a little man the same size as the fairy. He also had wings, and he hovered beside the top shelf in the little alcove in the wall where he was packing things into a matchbox. He was dressed in a pleated tartan kilt and matching tartan socks which almost reached his kilt. In between, Rosie could just make out a pair of pink hairy knees. On his top half, he wore a smart little black velvet jacket with long sleeves and tiny pearl buttons over a white shirt and tartan tie. On his head sat a tartan bonnet with a miniature thistle stuck in it, his red hair poking out from underneath. His eyes were bright green and his face looked like the kind of face Rosie had always imagined on a cheeky elf or pixie. The matchbox he was packing wasn't closed properly, and a tartan sock and a pair of white long johns were poking out of one end. Shh! You'll wake her, the fairy whispered. She's got such a nice face. Look! I thought you'd come here to help me pack Snowdrop, not to look at her, the little man grumbled, flying over to take a closer look at Rosie, who quickly pretended to be asleep. It wasn't that she was scared of fairies, but she had never seen a fairy man before, and this one certainly didn't seem very friendly. Look, Snowdrop said excitedly. She's got some wonderful toys. I'd love to come here to play. Children may look sweet, 
but they're not as much fun as they were in the old days, the little man said gloomily. All they're interested in now are their computers and their video games. They never want to play with us anymore. He flew back to his shelf. Now, are you helping me with this or not? They flew over Rosie, carrying the matchbox between them, as they headed for the open window. And by the time Rosie had plucked up the courage to introduce herself, they were gone.